Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, January the 7th, 2023. It is currently 5.40 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I don't know, at 5.40 p.m., am I supposed to say good evening or good late afternoon? I I don't think 5.40 p.m. is technically evening. For some reason, I was thinking it was later. And as soon as I said the time, I'm like, well, I've already said good evening, everyone. But 5.40 p.m., so whether that's afternoon or evening, you can debate that. I really don't care either way. But good whatever we want to classify it, good Saturday on this Saturday, January the 7th, 2023 at 5.40 p.m. Central Time. And yes, I'm still sitting here in the studio, which is located in Abilene, Texas. Now, if you have the ability to do so, you could grab a Bible, and if you could open it up. If you can't, I understand. Maybe you can uh, open up a Bible on either your phone or tablet. But if you can't, I understand. We're going to begin this discussion by looking at three passages of Scripture, three passages of Scripture. And the first one is found in Amos chapter 6. Amos chapter 6, and I don't know if you remember 2022, we spent a lot of time in the book of Amos, all right? We did a Bible study exercise in the book of Amos uh, using the most comprehensive Bible study method ever put together in the history of the world. And I hope everyone uh, who did that study still remembers it and benefited greatly from it. But we're going to begin by reading Amos chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 1, and then we'll jump down to verse 4 through 6. All right, the book of Amos chapter 6, we'll start in verse 1, and then we'll jump down to verses 4 through 6. Listen carefully. Amos chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, And trust in the mountains of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house house of Israel came. I want you to listen carefully to that verse. Amos chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountains of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Now look at verse 4 that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flocks and the calves out of the midst of the stall that chant to the sounds of the uh, of of instruments and invented themselves instruments of music like david that drink wine and bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments but they are not grieved For the affliction of Joseph. I want you to try to get a picture of everything going on here. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. So there are those who are at ease in Zion. They trust in the mountains of Samaria. They lie upon beds of ivory, stretch themselves upon their couches. They eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall, right? They chant. Uh, to to uh, different instruments, they invent instruments. Uh, they drink wine and bowls, and anoint themselves with chief ointments. But they are not grieved for the affliction of 
Joseph. Now, yes, we have to go there, put it all in its context. But I think you're getting kind of an idea of what, even though we may not know all the background right now, and instead of trying to go and explain all the background, I think you can get a basic idea here that there are people who are at ease, they're trusting in certain things, and they have, I don't know if you have a word for it. Well, I don't know what word you would use, but they obviously have great material wealth. They are at ease. Things seem to be very good. Now go to Ezekiel chapter 16. Go to Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. Let's go to verse 48. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 48. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done, she nor nor her daughters hast as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Well, let's read that again. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 48. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom and thy sister hath not done, she nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, foolishness of, fullness of bread, not foolishness, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, neither neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Now, please note the, the sin here that's pointed out. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, neither, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Now, if you put Amos 6 to together with Ezekiel 16, verses 48 through 49, you get, once again, it seems, this word of condemnation, this word of judgment on a situation. I understand there's a historical context, but just in general, upon people who seem to have much, they are idle, they are at ease, they have more than they need, possibly even more than they could ever want. There's a sense of selfishness there, obviously, but but you're getting an idea. Now let's go to the next passage, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Let's look at this passage. Revelation chapter 3. Start in verse 16. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. Now, this is obviously to the church of Laodicea. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. Now, look at verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, three passages of Scripture. Amos 6. Amos 6. Ezekiel 16, verses 48 through 49. And Revelation chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Now, in all three passages of Scripture, 
all of them have their context and they're written and spoken to a specific people in a specific time. But in all three situations, words of condemnation, words of judgment are being placed upon a people. And here's the word I want you to, to consider. Here's the word I want you to write down. And I think that this is very fair. I think this is very fair. That in all three situations, judgment and condemnation is being spoken to a people who are experienced great affluence, right? Affluence, the state of having a great deal of money or wealth. Affluence, they are affluent. Affluence. Now, if you think of all the issues that could bring great spiritual damage to a life, Would you put down affluence as a grave danger? Would you say affluence is a great danger to the church? Affluence is a great danger to any Christian. That what you have to be on the lookout for is affluence, wealth. When you have more than you need and more than you want, when you are at a sense that you're at ease, there is peace, there is wealth, there is prosperity. How is affluence detrimental to one's spiritual life. Now, I want you to really think about this, all right? Now, we, we, could, we could argue, right, that there are two extremes. Let's think, think of it this way. There are two extremes that someone can experience in their life in this area. There is affluence, right? And there is extreme poverty. There is affluence and there is extreme poverty poverty. Now, both of them, I think, I, well, I don't know how much we would agree with affluence. I don't I think we know it theoretically. I don't know how much we know it practically, but I, I want you to think about this. If you can, if you were to write a, take a piece of paper, draw a line right in the middle of the page from the top to the bottom, dividing it into two halves on one, on one side, you wrote the word affluence at the top. And the other side, you put extreme poverty. And if you were to write down all of the potential spiritual dangers that each one of these situations poses to the life of a believer or to a church, what would you write down? I want you to think about what would be all of the possible spiritual dangers that affluence brings and what would be all of the spiritual dangers that extreme poverty brings? Because I think both presents their own challenges and their own spiritual dangers. And I don't know if we would even put these two extreme poverty or extreme, or, you know, affluence. Well, affluence is just, I mean, you, you have more than enough. So I don't really need to, to state the word uh, extreme to the word affluence. Poverty, I think, I just want to make sure you understand it's a severe poverty. So that's why I'm using the word extreme poverty. But in both cases, I mean, don't you feel that they both present grave spiritual challenges and grave spiritual danger, whether it's for the church or whether it's for an individual? Because in all three of these passages, the people are at ease. They have so much. They have 
fullness of bread. They're laying on ivory couches. They're drinking wines out of bowls. And now we, we again, I'm not going to go through everything we learned in Amos. There's a lot we could say about that, that situation. There's a lot going on there. And so I don't want you to think it's just, it's just the affluence, but there, there, it seems the affluence is connected with a lot of spiritual issues. So I, uh, uh, extreme poverty and affluence. I want you to consider both, but for, for at least this devotional thought, let's talk about affluence, all right? And here's what happened. It, I don't know if you remember the series that we were doing on practice the presence of God, but in that series, we were looking at a, a news article or an article posted at the Christian Post about the presence of God, and they made a quote from a book called Fire Upon the Altar by Gene Easley. Fire Upon the Altar by Gene Easley. Well, I purchased that book for my Kindle. I have it right here. Okay, I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not paper. It's on my Kindle. And the very first chapter opens with, well, Amos chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Ezekiel 16, 48 through 49, and Revelation chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. That's how the book opens, with just quoting those three passages of Scripture. And I was like, okay, I think I know where there's going. And the, ch- and the chapter 1 is entitled, Padded Pews and Empty Altars. Padded pews and empty altars. So this book is at least going with the idea. If the pew is padded, in other words, that means if you are affluent, there, everyone's experiencing affluence in some way, shape, or form. It's nice. It's comfortable. Everyone has more than you need. There's wealth. There is peace. Everyone is at ease. It leads to empty altars. That affluence is detrimental to one's spiritual zeal and passion. In fact, it could be argued that in around the way the chapter is developed, it is saying that, hey, you want, in a sense, the spirit uh, the spirit found at the church of Laodicea? If you want the Laodicean spirit where you're lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold, it is affluence that leads to spiritual lukewarmness. Physical affluence leads to spiritual... Um, how lukewarmness, I think that's a good way of, pl- of stating it, that material or physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness. Now, I don't know if you agree or disagree, and I'm not saying that those passages would 100% demonstrate that. And In Revelation chapter 3, it is interesting, though, that the, the people at Laodicea they thought they were rich. They didn't think they needed anything. And clearly, they, they, that this seemed to have an impact on what they perceived they needed spiritually. Let me go back and read. I'll just read it right here from the book. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, how do we know they're lukewarm? Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have, and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. It seems that physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness, but I think it may be, I mean, it may even go a step beyond that. Physical affluence can lead to spiritual blindness. In other words, you see all that you have. 
you see in a sense, look, look how I am blessed. I have this, I have this, I have this. Everything is wonderful, but you cannot see because you're blinded by the physical affluence. You become spiritually blind to your spiritual condition. It makes you spiritually lukewarm, but it makes you blind to that lukewarmness. I I think there's an argument here. And I think if you go back to those other passages in Amos 6 and in Ezekiel Ezekiel 16, I think you'll see that in all those situations, the people that are are experiencing the great affluence and they seem to, they don't understand that they are literally about to be judged. They don't see their spiritual condition. So I think it's possible. Now, again, I'm just throwing these out there in a devotional way. I'm not trying to expound this. I love to get, I don't like listeners to be passive. I like them to get involved in these studies. All right. I I think, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look up Amos. I'm going to look in a different translation. I don't know. I don't think you can completely see it here in Amos. But uh, like Amos chapter six, woe to those who are at ease in Zion, I'm reading from a different translation, and to those who feel secure on the hill of Samaria. Now see, please note that this changes, uh, this, the different wording here gives you an idea. They're just sitting back and they feel secure. They don't, they don't feel judgment is coming. They don't feel like there's any danger. They lie on beds and laid with ivory, sprawled out on their couches, dine on lambs from the flock and calves from the stall. They improvise songs to the sound of the harp and invent their own musical instruments like David. I know the King James mentions a specific instrument, but I I did not, I I kept skipping that, just saying instruments. This says the sound of a harp and invent their own musical instruments like David. They drink wine by the bowlful. They anoint themselves with the finest oils, but do not grieve over the ruin of Zion. Therefore, they will now go into exile as the first of the captives. Okay, now I've been skipping verse 7. I've been skipping verse 7 in all the times that I've read it. Now I just introduce verse 7, and you see judgment is coming. They don't realize it. Affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness, but affluence leads to spiritual blindness. The, the book here, the book here, um, A Fire Upon the Altar, I had to look up the title of it, Fire Upon the Altar, They, I mean, the title, Padded Pews and Empty Altars, clearly is going with the same idea. In fact, I think they're adding a third idea. I think they're adding a third idea. So I think affluence right? Affluence leads to, physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness. Physical affluence leads to spiritual blindness. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I think, I think we already have, I I was going to add a third one, but I think the lukewarmness covers it. I think the lukewarmness covers it. But I think in every case, we can see the blindness of the people. They don't see their situation because of their affluence. They it, it just leads to a, a level of blindness. Now, the book, the book here, Fire Upon the Altar, in chapter one, I'll just read a little bit here of what they have to say. Affluence, see, that's the very word they start with, affluence. And, and in fact, the, the chapter just begins, affluence, period. Just, they just put the one word, period, affluence. What a sought after and dreamed about blessing, longed for by the human heart. 
Yet what a deadly curse it can become. Amos spoke about the affluent lifestyle in Amos chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Beds of ivory, the best foods available, first-class entertainment. It was all luxury, comfort, and indulgence. But Amos prophesied of soon-coming judgment, but they couldn't see it. Now, why was judgment coming? They had become spiritually apathetic, spiritually lukewarm. Affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness, and affluence leads to spiritual blindness. Now, I still want you to think about what does extreme poverty lead to, but I think this is something to consider. There was something about the lifestyle. Now, this this is the way they, they describe it here in the book. There was something about the lifestyle that was offensive to God. What was it? Did he dislike the fact that people had achieved such financial success? Is it that God doesn't want people to have money? No, that isn't it at all. Rather, it is because the Laodicean spirit so easily takes over where a plush atmosphere exists. So they're kind of going with the same idea that I'm, I'm envisioning, envisioning in my mind that there is affluence and it leads, physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness and physical affluence leads to spiritual blindness. And they're like, hey, wherever, wherever you have affluence, you basically end up with a Laodicean spirit, which basically takes over. It's easy to lose the pilgrim spirit in the midst of wealth and comfort. We no longer feel that we're just passing through. We have come to settle down. We don't feel like we're passing through. We've come to settle down. And why wouldn't we want to settle down? I mean, just think of it. Just think of it from the, using this concept of you're a pilgrim, you're a stranger. If you're a pilgrim, you're a stranger, right? You, you are just wandering about. Like, just think of this in the most physical, literal way possible. Okay, you're a pilgrim. You're wandering around the countryside, right? Okay, you're, you're here and, you know, what? just name the country. Okay, there's, there's not, you don't see anything. You're in the wilderness. It's harsh. It's difficult. You, you don't have shelter. You struggle to find food. And you're like, you're, you're in a desert region. You think you're going to die of thirst. Then you're in a place where it's, you know, 10 below zero. You think you're going to freeze to death and you're just struggling and you're struggling. And all of a sudden you come over this ridge and there it's like this beautiful garden. You don't have to do anything. There is just fruits growing from the tree, a beautiful stream that is pure that you can drink from. The temperature is just perfect. And you just lie down. Now, come on at that moment. Are you going to keep the pilgrim? Are you going to keep on looking, searching? I think as a pilgrim, you would probably say, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to settle here. And what the book is claiming, whenever we experience physical affluence, we lose the spiritual pilgrim mindset and we don't, we, we, we no longer see ourselves as just passing through. We see ourselves as I'm going to settle down right here. Now we may try to justify and think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, but we lose that. It says money 
came easy, luxury was common, entertainment flowed abundantly, but there was something missing in Israel. There was a noticeable silence around the altars of intercessory prayer. We have our beautiful churches, we worship in plush atmospheres, but we have no trouble leaving God's house, having made no visit to the place of prayer. Amos said that they were not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Nothing troubled them. There was no concern for the distressed and needy among them. There was, neither was there a spiritual burden concerning their own spiritual leanness. Their tables were full, but their altars were empty. So maybe we could add this. Affluence leads, spirit, or physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness. Physical affluence leads to spiritual blindness. And physical affluence leads to, how could we say this? A lack of compassion and empathy. That, the, that, that there's a danger that you can become so affluent that you become self-absorbed. All you think about is yourself and you just forget anyone else. I mean, Israel clearly was no longer grieved. They, they lost all compassion. They lost all empathy. Could we say it this way? Physical affluence can destroy spiritual sympathy, spiritual uh, empathy, spiritual concern for other people. I think there's something to that. And it says, where are we today? We are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Who needs to pray when you have everything that money can buy? We are blinded by the plush life. Our riches are bringing temptations that are drowning us in perdition. Where are yesterday's altars of prayer? Where are the saints that love to linger in his presence? The weeping, the crying, the interceding for lost souls. The church needs to wake up. So do you believe that affluence leads to Physical affluence leads to spiritual lukewarmness. Do you believe that physical affluence leads to spiritual blindness? And do you believe that physical affluence leads to a, a lack of spiritual compassion and empathy for the suffering of others? And I say a spiritual empathy, a spiritual compassion, because, because we're talking about that which has detriment to our spiritual way of thinking, our spiritual life. It says, the book goes on to say, Sodom and Gomorrah became like home to Lot and his family. Lot looked at the well-watered plains of Jordan and cried out for the plush life. He then looked at Sodom and its wealth. Once more, his longings were for the good life. Abram, Abraham stayed behind. His portion did not appear as glamorous, but God appeared unto him. There, Abraham built an altar unto God. Lot, Lot chose the padded way, Abram, the altars of God. Better is, better is it to have a church where the altar is honored and used and where fervent prayers are a consistent practice than to worship in the most lavish cathedrals that are rich, that our riches can produce, but where no cries are going to God. Now, I would challenge you to read Amos 6. I'm going to go back to the beginning of this chapter. 
Read Amos 6, verse 1, verses 4 through 6. Ezekiel 16, 48 through 49. Revelation 3, 16 through 17. And I want you to think long about what we've just talked about. And, um, yeah, the, the book... Uh, the book here has much more that we could talk about. Much more we could talk about, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because, because I just, I want to put it before you. Now, to, to, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever given much thought of how affluence could have a detrimental impact on my spiritual life. I don't know if I've ever given much thought on how affluence could have a detrimental impact upon the church. But when I opened up that book tonight, and as soon as, in fact, I'm going to go right back to the, fir the first page, right after it gives the scriptures, and then it gives the title of the chapter, Padded Pews and Empty Altars, then the very first word is affluence, period. I mean, that's literally how the book begins. Affluence, one word, period. Affluence, boom. And then immediately I was like, okay, wow, that's, that's not a topic I've given serious thought to. I, 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 I've not thought about how that could be detrimental to the spiritual life. Now, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm being consistent here. I do believe extreme poverty has just as many inherent dangers in it that comes along with it. Whether And, and, and you could argue... You could argue if affluence is dangerous and if extreme poverty is dangerous, what happens when we're just in that comfortable middle, that kind of happy middle, kind of, I, I guess we reference it in a middle class. I think it has its own potential danger as well. I, I look, no matter what is happening in our lives, whether it's really good, really bad, or just kind of just the everyday, this is the way it is, they all have potential dangers. Now, I do not know, and, and now I know this book puts forth the idea that basically what's happened to the church is affluence has destroyed the church, that affluence has destroyed us. That physical affluence has led to a, a spiritual lukewarmness. That physical affluence has led to a spiritual blindness. And that, uh, that, I'm sorry, that physical affluence has led to spiritual lukewarmness. That physical affluence has led to spiritual blindness. And that physical affluence has led to a spiritual lack of empathy, compassion for others. Now, the book is putting forth that idea. I cannot, I know this, if, if you would have told me right now, okay, write down a list of the, of the things that you think are most dangerous to the church right now. I don't know if I would have put affluence as in the top 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, or 50. I probably would have come up with a completely different, I, this is why it's always important to constantly be reading and listening to other sermons because we get challenged here. And, and, I, and I don't want you to think that I'm ignoring the fact that obviously Amos and Ezekiel has specific historical context and is spe speaking to a specific people. But the idea of affluence is there. 
They have so much just laying around. And, and in all cases, the people are blinded to their true spiritual condition. They don't even see the judgment that's coming. So I think that that can be applicable. At least I want to at least want to raise the question: Is that applicable to your life? Now I've never truly experienced affluence in any meaningful understanding of the term, but I've never extre- really experienced extreme poverty. Always kind of been right there in the middle. I, I definitely, my needs have been met. Typically, I have more than I need, and I, and, and I get some of my wants. Sometimes there's struggle. Sometimes I have to wait. I, I, I just, I know in the early church, There was in the minds of many people that basically any worldly possession, any worldly wealth was going to be detrimental because it was, it was going to basically lead to a love of the world. And so what you needed to do was get rid of everything, basically sell everything. Well, that's easy to do if you're single, right? I guess you can, you can, there's a pretty much, you have a lot more leeway. If you have a family, you got to provide for them. So I don't know if that's, you know, that's the solution, a lot, a lot in the early church and uh, church history. Sometimes the joke is told that there were more people living in the monasteries, more Christians living in the monasteries than there were living in the cities. Now I know that may be somewhat of a hyperbole, but it gives you just during that kind of push towards a, mona- a monastic lifestyle. It was almost like get renounce the world's wealth, renounce affluence, give yourself over to poverty, so that you can truly focus on the things of God. So I think the church has always struggled with this to some level. And I think over time, you just kind of become, you know what? I got enough spiritual problems. The last thing I need to worry about is this on top of it. But I think, I think if we were to break down three economic kind of statuses, three economic categories, extreme poverty, kind of the middle wealth, you know, just middle, right there in the middle of it all, okay? Um, yeah, you're not poor, but you're, you're kind of just in the middle. Uh, and then extreme wealth, a great affluence. I think all three present their own challenges. So I, I think here's what happens. I mean, most of the churches I've gone to there wasn't really very many affluent people. Most were right there and kind of, you know, in the middle. So maybe that's why we didn't focus too much on affluence. But I don't know if we spent a lot of time looking at all the possible spiritual consequences of kind of being right there in the middle. Something for you to consider. Something for you to think about. All right? Now, those passages of Scripture, just one more time, if you want to do a little bit of reading on them this evening. Amos 6, verse 1, and then verses 4 through 6. 
Ezekiel 16, verses 48 through 49. Now, on Ezekiel, on, on Amos, I would throw in verse 7, because I think it really adds to the spiritual blindness there. Um, Ezekiel 16, 48 through 49, you can read you know, f- before and after if you need to. And Revelation 3, 16 through 17. The danger of affluence, physical affluence, leads to spiritual lukewarmness, Physical affluence leads to spiritual blindness, and physical affluence leads to a lack of spiritual compassion and empathy for those who are in need and suffering. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for listening kind of to an impromptu, just, I, well, I just, I opened that book and thought, you know what? Let's talk about it. Let's 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 talk about it. Um, so I came up here to the studio to do just that, and uh, well, hopefully that gives you much to contemplate on this Saturday evening, January the seventh, twenty twenty three. Thank you for listening. God bless.